0: The Chardonnay Experience presents a wine festival on the farm. Saturday and Sunday, July 27th and 28th at Shelby Farms Park. Gates open at 12 noon. Wine tastings and live performances by Angie Stone, Carl Thomas, Morris Day, and The Time, plus other special guests.
1: Hey, what's going on, Memphis? This is your man, Carl Thomas,
0: and I'll be performing live Saturday, July 27th at the Memphis Wine on the Farm Tasting event. That's right, calling all the beautiful ladies of Memphis, and I know that there's a lot There will be over 30 food and other vendors on hand. For tickets and information, call 901-585-1198 or visit www.chardonnaybistro.com. The Memphis Ta Iota Sigma Alumni Chapter of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity, along with the Hobson Goodlow Education Foundation, is sponsoring their second annual Mother-Son Dance, A Queen and Her Prince, presented by the Memphis Sigma Beta Club. This event will be held in the Thomas Center on the campus of Christian Brothers University in Memphis on Saturday, April 26th. 7th at 6 30 p.m., hosted by Ina Esco and her son Dallas. Get your tickets today on Eventbrite.com. Hey, yo, Mike, check 1212. It's DJ D Nice, and I'm rocking with double E, Ina Esco, with the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hey, it's your girl Shayna J with SJ Entertainment, here to fulfill all of your entertainment needs. And I'm with my girl Ina Esco with the Verbally Effective Podcast. Verbally Effective, your double E, Ina Esco, hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Verbally Effective Podcast. Today, I have with me Candice Rice. She is an MTV star on the Florabama Shore and she got a lot going on, ladies and gents. You're gonna learn about her journey today. What's up, Miss Candace? Hey! How are you, pretty lady? I am great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for even coming. Cause I know your schedule is tight, right? Yo, it's
2: it's it's crazy, but man, no, I like I I'm such a fan. I've admired you for a long time. Thank you. So no, you already know I had to come through. <laughs> like
0: do you remember what? when we first met?
2: Yes, I remember we man, <laughs> I was down, like we I was on Bill Street. This was in my hustling days when I was waitressing at BB Kings and I remember I saw you no uh, Marcus at L3 Media mm-hmm. pointed you out, Marcus Jones and he was like that's in the ESCO and she works with uh, uh V101 it mm-hmm. was 101.1 and I was like oh my god I was like I really want to talk to her but you know you pretty you got like the hair and stuff you got the flip <laughs> you know what I'm saying you got the, the bang you know what I'm saying you light skin with the bang I was scared <laughs> I didn't want to come and talk to you so you know like um, yeah he was like just go talk to her like and you know you just did. ask her and I did I finally got the ball to come talk to you i think it was like after a couple of shots mm-hmm. and i you was like yeah though. i took a shot i was like fuck it i'm gonna go talk to her yeah. fuck her pain <laughs> i'm gonna go talk to her Fuck so flu. you know what i'm saying and then i was like i found out you're actually nice See, <laughs> so, yeah and so um no like i followed you on everything and then but shortly after that was when mm-hmm. i ended up moving to la and everything else but okay. no like i, I remember you, actually, i actually remember meeting I you remember inside you. of a uh, purple haze you was yeah. doing an event.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Um, I know one of your friends reached out to me about you being in town and sometimes I might hit back. Sometimes I won't. But I remembered you, Candace. <laughs> I said, oh, no, I got to get the story on Miss Candace. Oh,
2: yes. It's the story. So
0: let's start at the beginning. What where are you from? Actually, are you from what part of Memphis? Are you from Memphis? So,
2: oh, yeah, I'm from Memphis. hundred percent. What part? Uh, I mean, East Memphis, East Memphis, when I, I mean, like I've been in East Memphis my whole life. So I lived off like Kirby, like mm-hmm. the Kirby Hickory Hill area. That's where I grew oh, yeah, up. in. You
0: at. you Hickory. Hickory Yeah. Hill. Yeah. I live right next
2: though? to. So when I was in elementary school, I went to Crump. Okay. And then from there I went to, I went to a private school for two years, but then I got kicked out. And so after that I ended up going to Colonial and then after that I went to White Station. Now that is
0: why did you get kicked out the private school?
2: What is going on? It's so stupid. Like, I got, ki- I got kicked out for walking to McDonald's, like, during class.
0: Now, why did you do that, Candice? Because How it was McDonald's.
2: You? I was, like, in the seventh grade. Because I got kicked out in the seventh grade. Like, that was, oh, I God. it was a series of a whole bunch of things I okay. did. Because I was, like, you know, I was a little hood kid. Okay. And okay. I was, but I had, I had good grades, though. Like, I was really good in school. But, you know, they gave, you know, Hutchinson, they needed, Scott, they needed little black kids in the school. So, I mm. went there. But, you know, I had the grades. But I don't mm. think my behavior. It was there mm-hmm. you know like I was I was coming from like you know Hickory <laughs> Hill you know we do things differently and so I don't think it was suited for that environment right. so
0: so what high school did you go to
2: White Station okay yeah did
0: you enjoy White Station I love White I mean it was cool I liked okay. it I mean it was like. Right. so I know you had good grades but what type of activities were you involved in?
2: Man, so because I was the overachiever, I did track. I did cross country. Um, when off season, uh, in the off-season of track, I did cross country. Um, I was in the National Honor Society, the National Spanish Honor Society. Um, Let's see. I was in... Um, my friend Rashad started this group called Poppin'. A lot of people don't know I do spoken words. So it start, it's start is poppin' stands for party of poets performing incredible nuances. Wow. And we were good. We were so mm. good that we um we actually qualified for back in way, way back in the day when they were having the Def Jam Poetry Slams mm-hmm. and they were letting teens there was a teen submission. We were good enough to where we like actually got to the qualifications yeah. in Nashville. But we ain't had the money to go so we didn't go. But I mean like we were good, good. Um wow. let's see what other clubs I was in. And I was in Black Student Association. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Power to the people.
0: <laughs> so, Candace, when you graduated, what did you do?
2: So, when I graduated, I went to Southeast Missouri State because um, I had a scholarship there. Mm-hmm. And I was offered a track scholarship and a, a academic scholarship. And I took the academic one because I was tired of running. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, did took the academic scholarship. And I ended up losing my scholarship the second semester because, you know, I, just, I drank too much.
0: Okay. And so, that usually happens when you first go yeah. to college. You know, you get uh, your and I didn't even out.
2: like CMO like that. So I ended up leaving there <laughs> and I transferred to University of Memphis. And I stayed at University of Memphis up until I had 18 credit hours left. And that was when I left and moved to L.A. Oh
0: Wow. Yeah. So did you like going to University of Memphis? I did. I liked
2: the University of Memphis. I mean, I really didn't get a huge... Um, I guess I didn't get the co- the campus experience of it because mm-hmm. I didn't live on campus. I lived in Orange Mound. Like, I was working. I was going to school. Um, I had two female roommates. We was in, like, a little hood house on Newell Avenue, mm-hmm. Newell Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah,
2: okay. my house got broken into twice. Wow. Yeah, somebody stole my stre- my sweatshirt. Like it was like I mm. didn't care about nothing else that got stolen, but, but my sweatshirt, sweatshirt. It was the original. What like when kind of it was, was It was from this? when University of Memphis was Memphis State. I had got that and I had got that at the thrift store. Sweatshirt. Yes. And at the time I was little bitty. I was extra small. Where else I was gonna find a Memphis State sweatshirt that was, the was extra double. small? And a dude stole it and wore it on campus. Like I knew he no, had robbed my house. Yes. Want. Yes, his name was Robert. So Robert, if you listening, I know you. <laughs> rob my house <laughs> he had my sweatshirt on on campus
0: he wrong for it.
2: and and it was tight Calling on him that's how i knew it was
0: mine wow Bonk A. yeah A and Robert. okay so you were at university of memphis and you had 18 credit hours left and then bam you moved to la but i know it was some stuff going on right before they moved what was going yeah. on before they moved to la so uh,
2: at the time i was working at bb king's um and I had just finally decided that I really wanted to make the move. Like I had decided, I think it was like seven months, seven months before I left. I had decided like I really want to make the move to Los Angeles because I felt like I was doing I was doing a lot here. So I was working with L three Media. That was really where I got my start. Um, and so I did the the Memphis Black Expo. Um, Sherry helped me get into the Memphis Black Expo, and I ended up like. Interviewing all these celebrities, mm-hmm. and I one of my best interviews was with David Banner. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, he's still like, I've seen David Banner, I think, three times since that Can interview, and like, you? he still remembers yeah. me. Um, uh, what's his name? God, there was another guy that there, he's a singer, mm-hmm. Kenny Lattimore. Oh, smooth. I've seen Kenny. Same amount of time. I've seen him three times since that interview. Kenny Lattimore still remembers me. He's mm. like, oh, yeah, you're that girl that interviewed me in Memphis. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I knew I had, I knew at the time, like, I wanted to be in media. I wanted to have, like, my own TV show. I was like, I want to be Oprah. That's mm-hmm. what I said. I and know the feeling. I, this is like, I don't, I felt like I had done as much as I could do here. Mm-hmm. Um, There was a couple of other promoters at the time that I wanted to reach out to. I think there was one big one. Um, he was bringing as many like a whole bunch of celebrities to the city. La, Ly- Ly- sorry L. Lionheart, mm-hmm. Lionheart. I remember that name. Yeah. Um, so Lionheart was like really big at the time doing the promotions, and um, for whatever reason, I couldn't get through to Lionheart. So I was like, I want to get to bigger celebrities, and it's just they wasn't coming to Memphis like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's go I'm to, to Yeah. I was like, Let me just go to LA.
0: Wow. But in your mind. I know it sounds like, cool, I'm going to go to L.A., but I know it wasn't that easy just to get up and go to L.A. <laughs> it
2: wasn't easy, but, like, that's how I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I like challenges, so anything mm-hmm. that's not easy, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to do it.
0: So what was your plan to get into L.A.? I
2: had no plan. No. Um, <laughs> like I said, I knew I, I was like, okay, I'm going to save my money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to save my money. I'm going to buy me a car because at the time, like, Blue Ivy, that was my little blue car at the time. Mm-hmm. I called her Blue Ivy. Um, My little blue Saturn View. Worst car ever. Don't get no Saturn View. Um, she was like locking up giving me problems this is literally like right around the time where I was like I'm gonna take my Saturn out to LA nope so um, I had to get me another car so I got me a little I put a thousand dollars down on this little Honda Civic and I saved up the rest of my money and I was like, you know what? I'm, there's a there was a teacher out there by the name of Marky Costello that um, she pretty much trained like all of the bigger hosts in the city, and she has a, a hosting agency which pretty much she places them at um, places like VH1 mm-hmm. and um, MTV, BTE um, between all of these different networks. Mm-hmm. So she had this hosting agency, and I was like, I'm finna go there and I'm finna get signed with her agency. Did I know this? No, but I told myself that. Okay. So. Um, she had like this boot camp class. I paid for the boot camp and it was on it. I remember the boot camp was on like October twenty-third. I'll never forget that date because it was October 16th and we was still me I was still in Memphis and I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> just move to LA. So yeah, I
0: did that. Okay, so you got there and what? So Soon as you hit LA, what was going on? So me and my friend my best
2: friend Devin, <laughs> we drove all the way across the country to LA. We get there and I hop into my classes and from so there that
0: easy to get into the agency like
2: that no i didn't get into the agency okay. the thing was was that i took the classes but at the time this was before like this was before the black people wave and i think she was scared to take on a black host because she was so used to signing like white female hosts mm-hmm. or like latin hosts which there's actually a lot of spaces for latin hosts if you can speak spanish mm-hmm. um there's a lot of networks that that can use um like spanish speaking hosts mm-hmm. so that was what she was used to she wasn't used to like a black host such as myself i right. was from memphis i still kind of had a little bit of an accent so she she put me in her master level classes like i got bumped up to her master level classes like i was in class with Karuchi. Mm. i was in class with um like terrence J. his girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. i guess she was she well it was his ex-girlfriend i know what you're time. talking about yeah she wanted to do hosting as well and so i was in a class with her like countless other youtube
0: stars. So tell me about this class. Mm-hmm. What do they go over with you in this class? Just like teleprompter training.
2: To be honest with you like it was just mainly teleprompter training. So mm-hmm. it's good to have the personality which I had that but you also have to be very um you have to be very crisp and clean when you're delivering in front of a live studio audience or if you are delivering um on an actual live show. Right. So and you have to be able to read the teleprompter the teleprompter in a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um so basically, there's other people writing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, a lot of times as hosts, especially if you're coming from a sm- smaller city, we're used to just going off the top of the dome or going off based of what we wrote. But when you get in Hollywood, you have to deliver what somebody else wrote. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a teleprompter, you almost kind of have to multitask and read what they're saying almost while delivering it and it's mm-hmm. a lot harder than what it, it, it it's a lot harder than what it looks especially and then you're in front of a live studio audience mm-hmm. you under lights you probably don't have on an outfit that feels good at the time mm-hmm. um so you it's have to do all of that out while under the pressure and then you have a director looking over you too because at the end of the day if you're not good there's somebody waiting to replace you mm-hmm. so it's a lot of pressure to do it so basically she puts you in those she puts you in that space to where you have that pressure on you and you get so much better at it like mm-hmm. I can kill a te- teleprompter now because mm-hmm. I took that class and now I know how to deliver and read what somebody's trying to say and stick my personality into it too mm-hmm. and so she actually encourages that in the teleprompter you never go word from word mm-hmm. um, so anybody that wants to be a host and if you read teleprompter her, don't go word from word you actually literally you stick your own thing in there and save yourself mm-hmm. um, I think we all remember where Karuchi was on um, 106 and Park and she ended up saying that thing about Beyonce's daughter I
0: remember that
2: was a. Um, she I stuck was,
0: herself in that didn't
2: it? so what happened was <laughs> no but what happened was that was what was written on the teleprompter because we all know BET writers can be shady um, so they stuck they pretty much set her up for failure oh, and I just feel like me right off the top Like, I would have read that as it was coming and, like, switched it around right then and there. Mm -hmm. And they can't be mad at you for that. Mm -hmm. Like, as long as you deliver it and it sounds good, she didn't have to say exactly what was written. But if you're not trained, you're going to say, yeah, Beyonce, wah, 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 wah. And then you're going to just say it. And then now the beehive is jumping down your
0: throat man big time
2: yeah so it's just kind of like one of those things where that's what pretty much what happens in the class like you just kind of like you learn to kind of save yourself from things like that so it's a it's a beneficial class Mm -hmm. um i learned a lot but i think she was i don't think she wanted to sign me at the time so from there i was like okay where do i go from here so me being in la having to pay rent everything else i'm like you know what I know it was expensive, so expensive. Tell me about that, man.
0: L. A. is the highest cost living city in the United States, (laughs) in the universe. Um.
2: So, (laughs) yeah. um, I, I can honestly say, oh, I have a YouTube video that I actually put up that's called uh, Moving to Los Angeles for Cheap. It's um, got to check that out. Yeah, you have to look at it. It has, a pretty, <laughs> it has a pretty decent amount of views on it. It's the only YouTube video, like, I've ever really done. But mm-hmm. um, me and my friend Carrie put it up because I had so many people that was wondering how I did it. Mm-hmm. And I just put up a YouTube video, and, like, I get messages still to this day from people all over the world that yeah. want to um move to L.A. from mm-hmm. other cities and just... Do it for less than like ten or five grand. I don't encourage people to do that, Mm -hmm. but if you really want to do it, if you really get wanna get out your situation like I did, like just do it. Mm -hmm. It's a way it's a
0: way to do it. For less than ten or five grand.
2: I did it with less than five grand.
0: How much did you do it
2: with? I had three grand. How did, I think you, did
0: I tell you I had like I had five How did grand. you do it with three grand? If you could give it to me high level, how did you do I had three grand that? in my
2: pocket. I mean, I had to put down on a car and then I had to pay for my classes, but like actually in my pocket I had three grand. That was
0: it. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about like you moving from Memphis to LA. Mm-hmm. I know that's t- two totally different cultures. It I is. mean, when you first got there, did you have to adjust big time? Did you just jump right on in? How was that adapting to the culture in LA?
2: Um, I had to recognize that the standards were higher, and I also learned a lot about how the industry really works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you know, when you move to a city like LA, um, you're such a you're such a small fish in this big pond, and so it it brought me into a like I'm actually really thankful for the things that I went through because um, it honestly keeps it kind of like, I don't know, I'm not a person that naturally has a big head, but it'll keep you humble because it's like there's always somebody smarter, younger, prettier and better than you at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of it. So... It keeps you on your toes. Um, it makes you want to get better at your craft. Um, the hustle, the LA hustle, like everybody wants it just as bad as you. Mm-hmm. And also, I had to realize that people want it in different ways. So, mm-hmm. I had to come to terms with the fact that there's going to be somebody that's willing to sleep with the director or that's mm-hmm. willing to do this to get in certain spaces and in certain rooms that I wasn't willing to
0: do. I heard it's a lot of that.
2: Um, it's a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. um I was working. I ain't going to throw the set out there like that. Cause mm. It's a big set. But there was a set that I auditioned on and I actually made it. Um, but I had noticed a lot of the girls, like they picked me because of my talent. But I mean, and to some people in L.A. standards, I'm just a regular looking girl because I'm brown skin with a fro. You know what I'm saying? So to them, that's not a higher level standard of beauty. They might think I'm cute because I'm different looking, but it's not a higher level. It's like to them. If you're not mixed, um, light skin, and sometimes it don't even have to be light skin. Like you got to be like straight up half Brazilian, half mm. Martian or something, with some long <laughs> hair and some big fake boobs That's to be able to get, that, to get that. To get that. It's literally how L.A. is ran. Wow. So it's like unless you look like that, a lot of times you cannot get in certain rooms because they want a certain look. Because there's a certain girl that they already got their he- they eyes on that they want to, you know what I'm saying, take to the back. You know what I'm saying, take to the back mm-hmm. of the house. I call it the back of the house. Mm-hmm. I know I worked in restaurants too long. But, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> take it to
2: the back of the house. You know what I mean? Wow. I thought our and,
0: standards of beauty kind of changed and have evolved even with that type of culture. But it sounds like it hasn't. To be
2: honest, they have. But a lot of people just want it because, I, and I'm just speaking as an entrepreneur, a lot of people want to put that different look out there because mm-hmm. black women, we spend money. So mm-hmm. we have to be represented in com- commercially now. Mm-hmm. We have to. Mm-hmm. So... Um, We'll, we'll promote it. It's beautiful on social media. Well, me, I, like, personally, all I follow are black models. So it's like, that's what I think is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. that's just honestly what I think is beautiful. That's what I was raised at. I looked at myself in the mirror for 26 years. So, you know, yeah. I think that's what I believe is beautiful. But right. not everybody out there believes that. So right. it's just kind of like um, when you go on set, you might be the 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 black girl with the fro. But when it comes to maybe... Um, conversations with the producers or the directors or things like that it's still that standard of unless you look exotic like these directors mm-hmm. are not going to give you the time of day um, they're not going to talk like it's it, you're still treated differently on a set mm-hmm. so yes you see more black women in the media now you mm-hmm. see us more because they have no other choice but to represent us now because exactly. our voice too strong right. and we all know black people loud yeah I'm, I mean <laughs> I'm sure you've been on black Twitter you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah, we we Twitter. drag people yeah, so So, you know, like our voice is too loud now Mm -hmm. um, socially to for them to not represent us. Mm -hmm. But still, like as a like as a model that's been on those sets, like there's still that division in how Mm -hmm. they treat certain people, unless it's an all black set. Now, if it's all black set, Mm -hmm. like everybody here, you know, but a lot of times it's not most projects out there and most. Most major movies, shows and everything are financed by mm-hmm. you know, they're financed by white, Jewish money, things like that. So they're gonna have the girls mm-hmm. that they represent and everything else and right. then, you know, they'll get the one or two blacks.
0: Now, Candace, I heard you mentioned um in the description of the girls that they like, big boobs. Do you ever feel pressure to get, you know, surgery and augmentation? All the time. Don't do it, Ken. I'm not
2: but if you could see some of my comments. Sometimes with people, it's so crazy because everybody wants to get on um, Kim Kardashian about being fake and things like that. But you li- like these, these are literally dudes that will come on my page when I post a swimsuit photo and be like, you really need a boob job. Um, women, too. Women, I get messages um in my instagram all the time that's like oh you're such a you're such a pretty girl but you really need a boob job
0: how does that make you feel i don't feel no type of way good like are you
2: sucking them no okay (laughs) then i don't care um good you gonna pay for them no and even if you was willing to I'm gonna take your 10 grand and go do go do something else with it so good. no I mean I used to because um one of the young ladies on the show like she has like she's a very her body she's like her boobs are nice and you know she got them done and one of the one of the episodes actually that was um uh, really popular was the episode where I had to enter. I I didn't have to but I entered a swimsuit competition competition up against her mm-hmm. and um I ended up placing um, coming in second runner up, which was completely unexpected of me. But the whole episode, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't look anything like her. Like mm-hmm. a swimsuit, like a swimsuit top competition at a club. Like they trying to see titties, you right. know, like I don't have and that. The yeah. They trying to see TNA. <laughs> I don't have at the time, like my booty grew. Cause I've been taking, I've been drinking a lot of Hennessy, but like, <laughs> then it wasn't there. Like it was non existent. You know, I was a I was a pole. Mm-hmm. So me in a swimsuit, I was like, I'm not trying to be in a no swimsuit standing next to mm-hmm. these girls that got, you know, like the TNA. So mm-hmm. the whole episode I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. No, 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 no. And then I finally did, did it. it. And I didn't even get on stage and be sexy. Like I got, I did the shoot dance like in a swimsuit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I just got up there and was goofy and like Second the whole. Second place and the whole crowd loved it. See, and um, they I love us, honey. Yeah, I don't
0: care what they say. <laughs> now that you mentioned *Florabama Shore*, mm-hmm. I know you guys are into the third season now. But we're gonna start at the beginning with *Florabama Shore*. Mm-hmm. How did you get on this MTV show? I want you to explain to the verbally effective podcast listeners the premise of this reality show and how did you get on it
2: so um the show is basically about it's like it's the same concept as Jersey Shore everybody's familiar with Jersey Shore like it was literally the biggest reality show at one time before the Kardashians came up Mm -hmm. but um so it's the same concept produced by the same production company Mm -hmm. um but it's just it's based in the south Mm -hmm. so Jersey Shore was the um east side culture ours is more a southern culture so mm-hmm. i it's so funny <laughs> so i'm in the midst of doing like my hustle in la and i was up to do a movie at this at this time and um my friend um uh, my friend misty sends me this link and it's literally like are you from the sh- south and do you want to show about your life and i was like yeah I'm from the South. I want to show about my life. So I built out the application. Mm-hmm. And like from there, the, that application turned into phone interviews, phone interviews, turned into Skype interviews, Skype interviews, turned into sending videos. It was a four to five month process. And then they flew me out to Damn. Panama City Beach. And Damn. I had to make a decision on whether I wanted to do like the movie or the show. And I chose to do the show. So.
0: Why did you choose the show? Um,
2: Because the opportunity like. I talked to the producers cause I was very apprehensive about it at first. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to do reality. Cause I worked so hard to build my career from where it was like, no, I didn't have a whole bunch of money. I didn't have a whole bunch of contacts, but like things were slowly opening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have to drop everything and do Florida it was like, okay, I can control how I look on TV. I was like, I, cause I'm a person I'm like, I like, I'm in control of who I am and how things turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can't even edit me to make me look a certain type of way because you can't edit words to come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to just be myself because myself is not a shitty person. Right. So I'm like, I'm just going to go in and be myself. Mm-hmm. And if people like me for me, cool. And if people don't, that's fine. That's who I am. So um, me, I don't ever feel the pressure to have like a storyline or to um be extra, that's what a lot of what you see in reality mm-hmm. TV is people caving into that pressure to meet um to to kind of meet meet that star power on the show and to be that main person on the show so their checks can get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care about that type of um, mm-hmm. I don't know that just doesn't matter to me. So that's why it's just easy for me to be myself because I don't let that pressure of having to be the most famous person on the show influenced Mm -hmm. me. Like Mm -hmm. if something happened in an episode, if the episode is about me, cool. If it's not cool, like, you know,
0: Cause it seems like the producers are going to edit it how they want anyway yeah. to structure their storyline. Yeah. Do you ever get pressure from the producers to do certain things? No, cause they or don't ever you in a certain mm-hmm, way. They don't come don't at me. They don't. It work like they, that
2: like they this. do to, like they do that to some people. Like oh, my personality. They know you ain't yeah, going. Yeah. They right? just, they know I'm not going. Like I'm just I am who I am. A hundred percent. Like there's just certain things they don't even come at me with because they know like I'm not about to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not about to get on TV and like. I don't know, I'm not going to have sex with one of the castmates because I just, mm-hmm. no, no, I am just not wow. going to do it. So that's just me. But right. that's me, though. Like, there's some there's some people that, like, maybe they can influence to do that. But, like, me, I'm
0: going to always just be myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So you, how was it entering this Florida Bama Shore house? Like, you know, I guess the first day of taping, Like, what was that like and how did you get along with everybody? So
2: when I first walked in, it's kind of shocking because you literally are living inside of a studio. So you have lights up top. There's cameras. There's about four cameras on you um it's different but honestly you get used to it so it's like you get to the point where you digging your wedgies out and like, <laughs> like you're picking your nose on camera <laughs> you used to be like i hope they don't edit that in there but mm-hmm. yeah um it's, it's it's different at first because you are li- you are living in front of a camera 24 7 mm-hmm. um the only time you are not on camera is if you're in the bathroom by yourself and you
0: have to be in there by yourself wow what about the other people there did you get along with everybody
2: I mean if you watch the episodes we all got into it like I got into it with Gus I got into it with Jeremiah I, I think I almost had into it with everybody you're the only Nelson. black
0: girl on the show yeah
2: I am so um you know <laughs> my my energy like, like just my energy in itself can just be too much for people mm-hmm. um but I don't know I'm not I don't believe in toning myself down to mm-hmm. appease others so mm-hmm. I'm gonna be
0: me so now you guys are into the third season, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, are you contractually bonded to the show for so many seasons? Do you think how long you think you're gonna keep doing it? I don't
2: know. Like honestly, it's just kind of they keep getting renewed. Whatever. It's it's to me <laughs> to be honest. Like if we do get a season three or if it's confirmed, like I mean, I'll go back. I'll be excited to go back. Like I think I'm more myself now than I've ever been, mm-hmm. and so I can tell. Can I just kind of feel like if I go, like if I go back, I'm gonna just have a good time, mm-hmm. and that's just gonna be what it is. I don't know, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if something bigger is gonna come along. It mm-hmm. might. Um, what I do is I keep. I just keep my, I keep my prayers in favor for my career and the direction I'm going. Mm. And I just, I just ask God, like, look, whatever you want me to do, mm. you guide me to where you no, want me to be. Fine. So if he wants me to keep doing the show, I guess I'll be there for 20 seasons. Mm-hmm. If you want me to stop, deuces, you know what I'm saying? I'm going go somewhere mm-hmm. else. So it's all, it's all in what's divinely meant for me, where I'm meant to be at.
0: I'm feeling everything you say, Candice. Uh, I'm fully supporting whatever you want to do. Um, but I know you got some other things going on. You're an entrepreneur. Yes. Tell me about that. So um,
2: um, this past January, so I've only actually been open for like six weeks. Um, I launched Whip Appeal Beauty, mm. which is um an organic skincare line. It's hand produced, hand distributed. Um, all the formulas have been done by me. And, Ooh, yeah, it's,
0: some yes,
2: I've been working on it for a really long time. And you have some beautiful skin. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. So, yeah, like I have, let's see, I have the Derma Polish, which is the organic sugar scrub. I have the body butter. Um, I have a neem and turmeric um salt scrub. Mm-hmm. And I have the Rose and Drania mask, the Rose and Hibiscus facial cream. I have the natural collagen eye gels. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're like eye masks. And um, let's see, I have more organic soaps.
0: Wow. What made you want to get into the beauty industry? So I originally
2: started when I was um, here in Memphis. Um, I was just, I was making, it started off with me making Christmas presents. Well, I was be, I've was been doing it before then, but I think I got the idea to sell when I was making Christmas presents for like my family and my friends. And I got a really good response. Like they kept asking me, can this make it, make more, make more, make more. And I was like, okay, y'all, like, <laughs> hold on. So... Um, I was doing it low key for mm-hmm. a while. I didn't like post it or anything. It was just something I was doing, just to make like a little extra side money. It was like a little extra hustle, mm-hmm. and I knew I wanted to expand it. Like I always had the the vision to expand it into something bigger, and so I did a lot of research. I partnered with a um a certified herbalist, and mm-hmm. I created all the formulas, and that's what I have right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be expanding it so much more. Like the ideas that I have for this summer is about to be
0: mm-hmm. fire. So we can purchase it online right now mm-hmm. on tell us how we can purchase it now. So
2: you'll check out um, Com, and then also if you go on the Instagram page, the Instagram page is actually pretty clutch cuz I post like funny videos on there, mm-hmm. but I also use it as a resource and a platform to educate uh, women about organic skincare so I post um stuff weekly to pretty much educate people about the different things um, from plants that can not only like make your skin look good, but that can heal the skin. So that can heal scars. that helps with psoriasis, eczema, um, uh, razor bumps. Which is, razor bumps is a problem that I have personally, um, mm-hmm. just from having coarser hair. So mm-hmm. I get them a lot. And so I had to find something that really worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I personally, just for my skin, I, I'm just really big on Keeping everything as organic as I possibly could, and so that's where you know I wanted to design something that that I know could work for myself and that could work for my skin. And I have pretty trouble; I can have troubling skin sometimes, especially around my bikini area. So that was where I was like, you know what? Let me create something because no, I know I ain't the only I ain't the only person that got this problem, <laughs> right? So, you know,
0: right. So, so you that's you found me, the right formula. Yes. Now, do you cater to African American women? That's mainly That's what the, I yeah I designed it. Look, I everything design, yeah, you do, <laughs> yeah.
2: But um, now, as far as the things that that are for the face, like the um the mask and the uh, the hibiscus cream, mm-hmm. um those I actually those are for all skin types. Okay. Um, because not everybody's skin can have can handle the heavy oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell everybody like my products as far as body do have heavier oil contents in it because I did design it for um. For, for black and brown skin tones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need that in our skin. But Definitely. all skin types need it. It's just a lot of people, like, I know, like, um, I, I feel like a lot of white people don't like the oil on their skin, but their skin actually needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually posted that on my page. A lot of, you don't, you won't hear many, um, like, you won't hear many women that are not black and that are not Latin talk about body butters, but to be honest, their skin needs it and actually can help with their skin. And I know that everybody's like, oh, well if you're Caucasian, you age faster. But a lot of times, like, we're putting things on our skin that they don't use. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just a matter of, I I honestly believe, educating people. So that's what I want. That's what I'm using the platform for. And then also getting younger girls to start a skincare regimen at 18 to 19. So Mm -hmm. I... It's, it's just a fact that if you start taking care of your skin um, in your teen years, you can you won't have a problem with wrinkles mm-hmm. you literally can have that skin that don't crack okay so you that's know I, for real yeah so i just i feel like people wait until it's too late they wait until mm-hmm. they see a wrinkle and then all of a sudden they want to start hopping on buying these 300 expensive creams and things like that and that's expensive that's, serum out yeah there. and yeah. that's not to say that it's too late but my thing is it's like you can literally prevent all of that if you start a skincare regimen preferably holistic and organic um in your early teens and make it something that you do throughout just make it a mm-hmm just a life thing to mm-hmm. take care of your skin the same way you want to take care of your insides.
0: Yes. I'm loving it because, you know, now you're starting to see more African-American enter the beauty industry like yes. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really loving the fact that you're doing this beauty line. I'm going to get me some Candice. Yes. because I need some help. In oh, some I'm going to send you some. Baby me you're going to get yeah, you some. Please. You finna get whipped. <laughs> get me whipped. Now what is going on with your humanitarianism?
2: Oh God. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff that I like a lot of stuff that I've done have been um like I partnered with uh, my friend Carrie. She's um she's an actress out of LA so she's done Black pad Black Panther Avengers. Um she was just recently on a show, actually yesterday, mm-hmm. that premiered on C B S. So um she's doing her thing. And so me and her partnered together and we did uh the Christmas giveaway mm-hmm. for uh five kids from different schools that um, whose parents were in a financial situation that really couldn't give them a Christmas. And so um, she found three of the students, and then um, I got two of the students from the um, the Neighborhood Christian Center, mm-hmm. and uh, we did a shopping spree for them That's at Target. So, awesome. so each kid got $500, and we did a shopping spree for them, and then we took them to Benihana's. Mm-hmm. I love Benny, huh? I do too and yeah <laughs> they they enjoyed it they loved it
0: wow are you you all gonna do this yearly
2: we want to so mm-hmm. that's the plan like I honestly not even want to we will we'll probably end up doing it again mm-hmm. like this year so um Definitely. we want to do I want to add something for Thanksgiving as well mm-hmm. um but yeah we want to end up doing it again and we want to expand so you know this year we were only able to afford because you know we were coming out of this is you know our money so mm-hmm. you know we were only able to afford to do five kids, mm-hmm. but the goal this year, I believe, is to do 10. So every single year, you know, as our careers grow and as we make more money, we want to add on, mm-hmm. like, as many kids as we can financially afford mm-hmm. to cover. So, you know.
0: Yeah, that's really good. You all should continue that. And just like you mentioned, hooking up with Memphis Carey. You yeah. Know, is it a lot of that in L.A.? Because um, I hear a lot of people from memphis moving to la do mm-hmm. you all link up and hang we definitely out? do we definitely it's do so much talent from memphis and yes, la right now it is
2: it's a what lot is going of talent on? like
0: <laughs> we i always
2: link up with people like for one um it's almost kind of natural to do that because mm-hmm. you automatically are looking for somebody that understands where you come from mm-hmm. so it's just kinda like if somebody from Memphis and you just be like, Oh, you just moved out here, they like, Oh, you just moved out here? Mm-hmm. Hey, well let me show you this, this, this. It's almost kinda like you taking your little brother, your little mm-hmm. sister and just like kinda showing them the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's always mad love from people that are from Memphis. So Um yeah, like, it's just, it's <laughs> natural to do it. And then what's going to happen is that person that you meet from Memphis is going to be like, oh, well, let me link you with someone. So they from Memphis, too. And then before you know it, you know, it's just the whole Memphis family out there. So Memphis
0: Connect. Almost
2: everybody, life. like, I almost, I know mm-hmm. so many from people from Memphis that's in L.A., like, mm-hmm. and I mean in L.A., killing it. I so. already
0: know. I'm, I mean, with this podcast, I'm just finding out about a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Do you know Fresh? yeah Refresh. i mean i don't know him personally but i oh am i God. follow him i'm
2: friends with him on facebook i follow him on social media um man like he his stuff it. he is like kill murdering real it real deal brought
0: him back to <laughs> life and killed him again like yes. he's doing the darn thing yes. out there i'm proud of y'all now like you know do you find yourself getting a lot of support for everything that you're doing out in la like even with your career when you first started How is your support system?
2: My support system is pretty good. Like I can't like I'm so incredibly blessed. I can't ask for anything Mm -hmm. more. Um, Like I have my parents on my side. Finally, they weren't always very supportive of the like, because I make really brash decisions. I'm like, no, I'm just going to do this. When you first moved to L.A., what did they They say? They was not supportive of it. They thought that that was the dumbest thing that I could ever do um but but you was grown yeah and i did it
0: (laughs) and here we are (laughs) um
2: but no they have been very supportive Mm -hmm. um i have like a team of really good friends Mm -hmm. that support everything that i do um all my like yo like l3 media market they Mm -hmm. are my family for Mm -hmm. real like everything that markets have done um like i would not I literally have like my hosting reel and everything that I have because all those interviews I deal with L three media. Mm-hmm. So like the the foundation of my career started here in Memphis with L three media. And they they've always supported me in everything that I've done. So mm-hmm. I'm just like my support system, like, I couldn't ask for anything better. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could ask for a million dollars. This may be the one way that, that could be better. <laughs> hey, but you other better than get
0: that, you a lottery tonight. That lottery is at $655 million, I think. So when you leave here, go get you a lottery Look, $55. y'all ain't going to hear from me no
2: more. I ain't doing no more press. I'm gone. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: So, Candace Rice, what is next for you? What, what do you want to do next? So, for right
2: now, um, while we're on hold waiting to get confirmation for season three, Everything that I'm doing right now is just about my business. Um, That's where I'm putting my focus. I told myself that's where I'm putting my focus just for the next year because I want to take it to the next level. Like, I want to put um, a really big marketing budget and a plan behind it. Um, The goal is to get it in stores by the end of this year. Um, You can do
0: it. You can do it.
2: I am already working on getting a billboard here in Memphis. So And the billboard is fire. Really um. Know. Well, this is pretty much what the billboard is going to be. You can see it right there. This is I
0: know be. your pretty face on it.
2: All these lovely ladies right here. Okay. See, so. Some
0: diversity in oh yeah, honey. yes. Get that yes. whip appeal.
2: So yeah, that's pretty much what the billboard is going to look like. And then it's going to be like some words on the side, but it's going to be this image. Um, I love it. I love it. But yeah, like I I'm really focusing on taking this to the next level and um, making it something amazing because I like my thing is, is like I don't want to have my parents working forever. Mm-hmm. So I want to have this business as a resource to be able to like mm-hmm. to support my family.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then, you know, after I get my business to where I want it, when it gets in stores, when I can get like a small team that's able to manage it to where I can walk away um, mm-hmm. from doing so much of the footwork, I'm going to go back. To mm-hmm. the movies and the tv hosting mm-hmm. and then y'all y'all might catch me with a show or something you know, you what, I'm know what
0: that sound like a solid plan because you know it's it's wonderful that you, that you're doing a reality show and that you're in la acting but to start a business mm-hmm. that's major because you're creating a legacy you yeah. know what i'm saying so i really applaud you for doing that piece because I know a lot of people in LA that's probably not doing as well as you doing now. Trying no. to be on the on the on the TV, you know, and that industry can be a little fickle. And like a, the, little. a little, you know, like some oh. of the things you talked about, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I'm glad that you have that diversity in your mm-hmm. career. That is awesome. Trying my best out here. You're doing it, girl. How can everybody get in touch with you?
2: So everybody can hit me up on. I'm always active on Instagram at this is Candice Renee. Um, Shoot me a DM. Normally, as long as it's positive, I respond. <laughs> okay. So yeah, but I normally actually don't get that many that much hate. I really don't. Um, so thankful that much, for that. not that much. I mean, like the little hate that I get is like the stuff about my breasts, like oh you should get a boob job yeah, or be all right. oh you should get straight hair and things like that. Like I get stuff like that, but other than that, like I actually get so much positivity. I bet you. Um, I I very rarely get like somebody like sending me something mean um and then my platform is also like 85 percent women mm-hmm. and it's constantly getting higher so like my page is appeal to women so it's just mm-hmm. like women send me messages like i get messages from people in africa brazil i get so many brazilian wonderful. girls that send me messages um um, young ladies in the Middle East I get a lot of them that send me messages that are just like oh my god you're, these are people that's not even black oh my god you're so black and proud I'm like yes girl damn right. <laughs>
0: damn right and expand your brand internationally yeah
2: I mean do it do do it girl do it all the way we do trying it. to get look we trying to get the Martians on hello some hello all and the you way. know what,
0: where did you get the Pimp Fried Rice name from? What is that, Pimp Fried Rice? That was your nickname somewhere. I mean, that's somewhere. Been my, so that was my Twitter name when,
2: like, for, like, when I was, since I've been 19, like, that's been my name Pimp for the Fry longest. Rice. But it was Rice Tipsy Treat before that. Rice
0: Tipsy Treat.
2: Yeah, because I used to be drunk at the college <laughs> parties. They used to have to carry me out to parties. Cause mm-hmm. I was so little and I would get so like I would get mm-hmm. drunk and I'd just be over in the corner and they would just mm-hmm. they would just lay me over there. And they'd be like, and hey, she she they would be like, oh she tipsy, but really I'm like passed out. But they were trying to be funny and so yeah. I just called myself Rice Tipsy Treat. But you
0: handling that henny on a floor by Michelle? Oh now, yeah, huh? I'm a pro now. My liver has oh it's my come far. god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Candice Rice I love you and love you too I wish you nothing but the best in thank everything you. you do I'm so glad you came today because you are really inspiring me as well everything that you're doing you are on top of it young lady I'm trying I'm loving it I'm thank trying. you so much Candice Rice thank Candace you so Rice. much for having me I appreciate thank it you. thank you Candice Rice on the Verbally Effective podcast